Hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Um, today, Mark, I thought we'd go back into the, the Gospels, which has been part of our reading in our, our one-year Bible. And one of your favorite chapters I know is Luke 15, the chapter that has the stories of all the lost uh, sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Um, and I feel like, from all the conversations I've had even recently, that uh, this chapter just speaks to all of our lives. Yeah, well, I'm looking, this is my personal Bible here that I read from, and um, I'm Mark with Mechanical Pencil, and every, I, I think I could do a whole series just from the markings that I have right here in this chapter. It is an extraordinary, wonderful chapter. So, the, I wanted to kind of focus in on the prodigal son, because okay. um, I think it's, it's uh, such a powerful story and there's a lot of com components to it. We could, you know, we could talk about the father. We could talk about the the prodigal who came home, and then the older brother. There's so many uh, places where we could, as you said, you can. There's just so much to hear to talk about. But one of the things that I was struck by when I was reading through this again was the nature of the change in the son's life. And I wanted to just share verses 15, uh, 17 through 19. I'm sorry. So in verse 17, the Bible says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself. At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And I guess what stood out to me here is the, the total turnaround from the rebellion that he experienced earlier to complete humble submission. And I think in modern times, sometimes the you know the stories maybe a person uh, moves back home because they ran out of resources but maybe their heart hasn't changed but I believe the prodigal's heart fully changed here I think that's everything right there yes. I mean when the Bible talks about believing with your heart the Bible's talking about your attitude um, and 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 just how you look at things like and to me attitude tends to be the filter that we look at the facts we all see the same facts but attitude is our our internal spiritual orientation toward those facts and to me that's what you see when you look at the story of the prodigal son you see somebody with a really really bad attitude and then you see somebody with a good attitude i don't watch social media much i'm not on it but uh, you have a facebook page and i was just looking this morning at something i don't know i don't think i think it was just checking out uh, what our what's on our church page but um, I, I happened to see a comment thread that caught my attention and this was someone that was just basically celebrating the fact that they had attitude. I, I think this person looking at their stuff was uh, was probably a Christian. And then I just saw the comment thread underneath that where people are celebrating having some attitude. And I'm like, how in the world did the Christian world get the idea that attitude is somehow defensible? It's not, you know, I mean, that's the one thing that can get in the way of us really experiencing Christ. The essence of the sinful nature is rebellion. Yeah, absolutely. And so we don't want to celebrate rebellion in any form. And, and you know, I think the other thing I was thinking about here is that complete turnaround. And you and I have talked about this so much before. And, you know, we, if you go further in the story and you see the resentment of the older brother. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing I see. <clears throat> this is a different person. This one that came back. Okay, He's a that's what I want to get your take. Left. I want to get your take on something because I, yeah, I think you're going somewhere right now that I think is really important. Um, when you look at his words at first, it reveals his attitude, mm -hmm. and then when you look at his words 
when he comes home, it shows an attitude change. But his first words were, give me. Mm -hmm. This is what I deserve. This is what I have coming. And to me, you know, it doesn't matter. Even we as Christians dress this up with some kind of, you know, I deserve better, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. There's something about that entitlement attitude that takes us down. And then when he comes back, he said, I don't deserve anything. Mm -hmm. Would you just let me become a servant? And that's when the father opened up all the blessings and all Mm -hmm. the grace to him. But he had to change from that, uh, give me what I deserve, you owe me the entitlement attitude, to an attitude of, of God, I'm coming and I'm submiss- I'm being submissive to receive what you want me to have. Which I think why, that's why it was stressed to us that Jesus was entitled. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus set aside his entitlement to come and, and suffer and die for us, to give to us life. Who, who would we be to mm-hmm. say, I, I am entitled? It just, well, it we watch what this, what's, what this is doing to our nation. Yes. Because we have, we have moved from a sense of duty and responsibility that was in our parents' generation to an entitlement and um, orientation, and it's just dragging our country down. When I was four years old, uh, and you were two, mm-hmm. we, uh, we got a new president, and his inauguration message is still something that we cherish to this day. His name is John Kennedy. And he, he said, and so my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. Well, that inspired a generation mm-hmm. of not only our parents, but young people in those days that joined the Peace Corps and went off and did great things around the world. It's a totally different attitude today. And that attitude made for a wonderful nation. But you know what? I see the same spirit of rebellion, the entitlement attitude. It's not just in our country, it's in our homes. In the relationships between a husband and a wife, you know, you owe me, you mm-hmm. owe me to do this, you owe me to bring that, you owe me to treat me so such and such a way. I, I feel like even if even if they can make a case, it isn't going to make for a, a wonderful, harmonious relationship, and then that gets passed down to our children. It's all about the attitude. Yes. You know, when 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 he said, "Give me what I have coming to me," the prodigal son did. Mm-hmm. It's true. There was a normal inheritance for a younger son. So, in, indeed, one could argue that he was entitled. The, the problem was not that something was meant for him. The problem was he was demanding it. The problem exactly. that it was the attitude of demanding. And I, I think that's really critical for us to understand. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, we see it a lot in churches. But I don't. Okay, let me let me go somewhere with this though. We hear so much about people who come into New Spring for the first time, and they're like, "This place is so different." Mm-hmm. I've long believed that what uh, creates so much of the climate that is inside New Spring is that we have thousands of people who don't have an entitlement attitude. Mm-hmm. They have a servant's heart. They have mm-hmm. servant's hearts, and you know, just some, we see some of the greatest people in the world who are, who are serving and volunteering. And I just really do believe that so much of the wonderful things that happen at New Spring, so much of the spirit that we all get to enjoy comes from people that have that servant spirit. Yes. And the weird thing about this, and I'll quit with this, but uh, there's a Jesus irony to this because the people who don't have an entitlement attitude, they get more. That's exactly it. That's exactly, like in a, in a marriage relationship. You know, if in a husband and wife, if they spend their time saying, "How can I help you? What can I do to make your day better? How can I?" You know what? That person's going to want to do anything. That's for right. You. You, we just it, that, it's so the 
the world is so backward to mm -hmm. the truth of God's word, and there's something about someone who has a, a sweet spirit of trust in God for our our blessing. Most people tend to be the people that get most out of life. Yes. So I just want to follow that pattern, but. I just feel like it was a great picture the Lord gave us when he gave us the picture of this prodigal son. But I love the fact that it was a complete turnaround. He was a different person. The older brother was trying to celebrate. He was resenting the celebration for his rebellious brother. He hadn't even taken the time to go find out how different he was. And he was a different person. Um, and I and I don't want to just throw, I know we're getting too long today, but <laughs> I remember uh, leading a, a, a group several years back in um, the the then came up in our discussion about a, a horrible criminal that had been arrested about that time. And somebody said in our group, if that person's in heaven, I don't want to be there. And you and I were talking later, and, and I, I've never forgotten what you were saying as we were talking about that. You said, um, if that person is there, which is a big if, but if that person is there, they won't be the same person. Because if they did get right with God, they're a brand new person. Okay. Let's, I won't talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Because that was on my mind when we started talking today. Okay. Maybe not that particular story. So we'll have part two. We'll have part two tomorrow, right? <laughs> so if we if we keep going with this, it's it's going to be a. We'll have to divide it. It'll in be a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Alice, Mary Alice, would you pray for us? Yes, let's pray this morning. <clears throat> oh, Father, thank you so much for loving us, and thank you for the opportunity to come to you, and uh, and that you would transform us into a new person and I just pray that you would be with each of us to keep that sweet submissive and humble spirit before you that you could bless us um, only in that place I thank you for our nose one family I pray that you bless each one each family represented that you would just draw them close to you may they know your love and your protection and we'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor and praise and we ask this in Jesus name amen amen <clears throat> well thank you for joining us today on Noah's window, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow for part two. God bless.